This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hey. Alright, uh, today we're going to be talking about Futurama Episode 1, Season 1, something like that. Right, Alex? Or just the whole first season, or all of Futurama. You said Episode 1, I watched Episode 1, so... Okay. I, I think, I think we, obviously, obviously we're going to talk a lot about Futurama, but yeah, let's, let's hold off on specific episodes, because I... I've I never seen it. Some of those are good topics for uh, their own podcasts. Indeed. Take it away. I mean, it's not like we scurry off topic or anything, right? I know. We're laser focused on episode one of Futurama. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> happy New Century, Happy New Millennium. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's true. Yeah. 1999. Well, happy in quotes. We'll get to that in the end news. Anyways... Futurama, great opening. Starts off with a video game. I like it already. So right off the bat, you get the Star Star Trek reference. Mm-hmm. The music. Space. It seems to go on forever. But then there's a gorilla at the end, and he throws barrels at you. <laughs> That's the first line. Yep. So this show was released, of course, in 1999, because the first episode takes place New Year's Eve 2000. And... Uh, no, it would be two, New Year's Eve 1999. Yeah, that's what I meant. It turns 2000. Yeah, New, right, New, New Year's Day 2000. Meh. But uh, Futurama really just hit the ground running. It, it never really hit a slow slump. And it didn't really have to accelerate to like get really funny like The Simpsons did. More than yeah. likely because it started off right at the peak of uh, what I consider the Simpsons' best seasons. And, it, you know, it's Matt Groening and all the other Simpsons producers and creators that went on to do Futurama side-by-side side for a few years. Having listened to a lot of the commentary, I get the impression that Groening didn't have a whole lot to do with running the show. No, he just designed the characters, right? He designed the characters, but yeah, all the, the gags were mostly, like, uh, this, uh, David X. Cohen... Mm-hmm. And the writing staff, obviously. But. So, from everything I've ever heard, I don't think Matt Groening has done shit on anything ever. He he came up with the cartoon characters and has been writing it ever since. He did Life in Hell. Which I know. is pretty damn funny. But what I'm saying is, like, how involved in The Simpsons has he been since season one? How yeah. involved in... I mean... I, I think don't know, he was there for maybe like. the first four seasons... And even then, on the fourth season, he was he was kind of tapering off, and then he just let it go after that. Indians. I, I wonder if he had like final say in anything, and just didn't care, <laughs> or didn't feel like doing it. If there, if he ever like sat down and like, no, we're not doing this episode, or I don't like that joke, change it. I get the feeling like that was never a thing. Yeah, I don't think so either. He was pretty good about just letting people do their thing. So, what was his title on these shows? I know creator, but other than that, like, he's, is he the executive producer? 
No, right? Um, that's a good question. And you always see like James L. Brooks and stuff like that, but I don't remember if you ever if he was. And maybe early on, but yeah, I don't. I mean, he gets <laughs> he gets a writing credit for every single episode and the movies, <laughs> so uh, it's hard to tell at that point, though. I think it just shows up to the writers' room. Doubt you would that. <laughs> anyway, I mean, hey, coming up with the idea in the first place is. Awesome. It's just, I want a job like that. We're like, I had an idea once, and now I make billions. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Uh, but anyways, yeah, you get uh, Fry playing a video game and losing. I just, again, uh, well, not again, but you, you said that it never needs to accelerate. I would kind of disagree. I think it's funny from the get-go, but it doesn't really hit its stride. Until you're know, four or five episodes in, you can tell because even the first episodes, they really still don't know how to play the characters. Well, right. Especially, especially yeah. Bender, and you get that some of that from Fry and well, Billy West does, does like three different voices, but <laughs> yeah, so he hasn't like like nailed those down quite just yet. And uh, John DiMaggio as Bender sounds a lot different in the first episode. Yeah, he does. Uh, well, I was thought, you know, the, Simpsons, the Simpsons and Futurama are like two completely different years, so I compared, like, it didn't need to accelerate as in comparison to The Simpsons, but in its own right, of course it did. Well, I mean, not, not just the acting, too, but just yeah. the, the pacing just, of the jokes. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah it, took, it took a few episodes, but it was, I mean, it was definitely funny from the get-go. Right. I think what Alex was saying, like, it, it found its groove a lot quicker than The Simpsons did. Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah because yeah, it's definitely, a well-oiled machine to begin yeah, with. Yeah, the first, the first, the, the first... Four seasons, the regular run of it, are all great. It was all lubed up and ready to go. <laughs> but yeah, Fry, loser, pizza delivery boy. <laughs> and right off the bat, not only does he lose the video game, the kid calls him a loser, his boss is yelling at him, and as he's, he's the pizza's coming out, come on, and he gives him the pizza box, and <laughs> written on the pizza box, it's got the stereotypical Italian guy <laughs> with the speech bubble saying, don't tip delivery boy. <laughs> He just, uh, he just groans. In that scene, I didn't a couple, notice that. In, in that scene, there's a couple in the restaurant, and the the woman shakes her head in the background at him. <laughs> I haven't caught that one, man. There's a, there's a lot of Easter eggs in this show. Jeebus H. Most notably, we'll come out to the biggest Easter egg that was, of course, planned from day one, but um. He goes over to where he's supposed to deliver the pizza. He locks up his bike, and as soon as he's walking through the door, a guy comes in with bolt cutters, steals his bike, says, Happy New Year, and rides off. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes up to, I guess it's a laboratory, and, um... <laughs> okay, hello, I got a pizza delivery for I.C. Wiener. <laughs> uh, so, it's a prank call. He sits down in a chair... Like, he checks out, he actually checks out the tubes first, and people are uh, cryogenically frozen. And, uh, he says goodbye to another stinko year. And right as the countdown goes one, he blows the, um, what are those whistles called, anyways? The party? Yeah, party whistle. Is that it? Like, the I ones no that idea. unroll and roll back? I have no idea. No okay. Great whistle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's what those are called. Mm. <laughs> that would be... <laughs> those were rape whistles. That would be tragically hilarious. 
or hilariously tragic. One of those two. Those are annoying as shit, though. Yeah. So he's leaning way back in the chair, drinking his lowbrow beer. And uh, he blows the whistle, it smacks him in the nose, and he's reeling back. And as he's tipping over, there's a short shot of the chair, of just the chair, and you see a shadow of a character that's going to appear in the future, but you don't know who it is yet. And you, it's only for a split second. I didn't know this was the case until, like, what was it, Futurama, like, season five? Where they do the big reveal? I have to go back and watch that again, because I, I don't know that I'd buy that. Yeah. Well, Maybe I they just, put it in after the fact? No, dude, there's no way. George Lucas, George, George Lucas did not create Futurama. I, know, I doubt they planned something five years in advance. But. It's on my DVDs. Oh, I, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> but doesn't mean they couldn't have put it in after the fact. Nah. No way, Holmes. But anyways, I think the, the writing staff was this smart. He gets knocked into the tube, he gets frozen for 3,000 years. 1,000 years. Yeah, big difference. <laughs> wakes, up in the, wakes up in the year 3,000. There's a great gag in between there, though, <laughs> yeah. where the, the Earth gets uh, leveled by these alien, like, typical-looking UFOs. They come and shoot lasers and level everything outside the window. And then, you know, it's, it's a time-lapse thing, and then trees grow, and then there's a castle, like, in the medieval ages, and the aliens come back and nuke it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. And then all these future buildings stop popping up. Somehow the aliens managed to miss the... Uh, Cryogenics lab. That yeah, was lucky. That was lucky. Yep. But Fry was in the bloat. Maybe it was in the bloatians. Mm. Oh yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> Fry wakes up and he sees all the future stuff, and he's like, "Oh my gosh! All my friends, family, my boss. I'll never see him again." <laughs> Yahoo! Ah, <laughs> uh, gold. So his woohoo Yahoo is a blatant ripoff of Homer. They come up with something different. They don't. They don't milk it that much, though. That's he true. does. A, he, he does it a lot in that first episode, but that's about it. Okay. Hmm. So probably they set up. They set up. They set up a few running jokes in the first episode, and then kind of ditch them. Okay. Yeah, like the whole. We'll uh, well, a lot of it has to do with Farnsworth, <laughs> but yeah, they ditch a lot of that humor. They so, anyways, Fry wakes up. I guess he's in, in the future. At least it's only pretty much in this and a couple other episodes where everybody has a chip that tells them what their job is. So it's very like communist USA for some reason. And uh, if you don't have your chip, then you get fired. Out of a cannon into the sun. <laughs> so that's the whole premise of the first episode. Leela's supposed to enforce this rule. She's supposed to put the chip that tells him that he's going to be a delivery boy for the rest of his life. Who's Leela? Oh, she's an alien. And the only one of her kind on Earth. And she has one giant eyeball in the middle of her face. As voiced by Katie Seagal. A.K.A. Peg. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Ow. Uh, no pig. Flush. Hiya! <laughs> yeah, she does that, a lot of... That she does a lot throughout the entire series. <laughs> yeah, I know. A lot of martial arts. Leela's an ass-kicker. Well, they ditched the 
a joke with her right off the bat, too. She can't track him down because she's got poor death perception. <laughs> I think that might have been a throwaway. It's totally... Yeah, no, it was. That's the funny thing. Is after that, she's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then later, when she's trying to watch a 3D movie, it's like, wow, the 3D's great. <laughs> Mine don't work. <laughs> My glasses don't work. So our cart. So what you're everything you're describing, like that's typical for pilots. Do cartoons have pilots too? Like they just do one. Yeah, they do. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, typically they, uh, at least the ones from Cartoon Network, a lot of them aren't actually aired. They just do the pilot as like a test for like the studio heads, and then they make uh, a lot of uh, writing and, and design changes, and then they uh, release episode one. Okay. Yeah, I see. I see where Jeff's coming from on this because. Yeah. It's one thing to shoot live actors and do that one episode, and then nobody wants it, and that's it. Future Chronicles. But a lot more goes into getting at it's. It's a lot harder to to be like, oh, we just want one episode of this thing that takes like a hundred people to, <laughs> to animate, or yeah. however many Koreans it is that does yeah. it. <laughs> but yeah, that and the fact that in pilots sometimes you oh this will be good we'll get in the pilot and then after you you know uh, the. Uh, after the, what how I want to say it, the big wigs have looked at it and they've gotten feedback. You may want to add, a, you know, a Lane character. Or you may want to add this, and that's why stuff changes. And the, the implants are stupid, and woohoo is dumb. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the new is... characters, like they didn't even like in this episode. There's a few characters that never that show up. Not much later, right? Like, you actually see them all in the opening. Uh, the opening sequence, like they're in the tubes. Oh, okay. Like, oh, you, yeah, yeah. Like, you see Amy, uh, you Hermes, see, you see, the see Hermes, you see Zach Brannigan. Um, By that yeah, point, they, they, mu- they might have they had like four or five episodes in the can already. They probably would have had to. That's true, because you probably didn't make the intro for the pilot initially, and then once you get picked up, you put the cool... Intro. All right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Her- Hermes isn't in the, the uh, first episode. He gets introduced later in the second episode. So anyway, he tries to kill himself, or he tries to what, go to the. What does he try to do when Bender's killing in the suicide? So, so but, well, before that, <laughs> he thinks it's a phone booth. <laughs> yeah. Phone b- booth. B- well, before that, before uh, he runs, Fry runs away. Leela tells Fry that. He has a great, 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 and then goes on and on. Great nephew, which is Professor Farnsworth. He's super old. What's the little guy's name? Professor Hubert Farnsworth. Yeah. And Farnsworth is a reference to televisions? Yeah, Philo Farnsworth, the inventor of the television. There you go. Yeah, he's looking for a phone booth to call. Farnsworth. I thought it was a picture on the Tigers or something. That's Kyle Farnsworth. Oh. <laughs> what a stupid name, Farnsworth. But yeah, and that's where he meets Bender. He, he lines up right behind Fry. He's like, cool, a real-life robot. Unless it's one, crappy, it's one of those crappy costumes. Bite my shiny metal ass. Doesn't look that shiny. Shinier than yours, meatbag. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, Fry just shuts up. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, he tries. <laughs> this is one of my favorite gags. He goes into the suicide booth, and he's pushing the button, but nothing happens because it's twenty-five cents to kill yourself. And uh, <laughs> Bender goes in. And he's like, "Here, maybe we can get a two for." <laughs> and even at the end, he has a quarter with a string <laughs> tied around his finger, <laughs> and he pops that in and pops it back out <laughs> for a free suicide. He's like, "Please uh, select your <laughs> mode of suicide, quick and painless." Or, uh, long slow and, and horrible. Yeah, slow and horrible. Hi, I'd like to make a collect call. <laughs> You've chosen slow and horrible. <laughs> like when it finishes up, it says, You've been murdered. <laughs> Thank you for using it. Like, yeah. like, is any point to, <laughs> to saying anything? Yeah. Like that last knife at the end just <laughs> stabs him and then twists around for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Pulls back. Yeah, I do, I do like the idea of the suicide booth, though. <laughs> hey, whoa, Scott! There's so, a lot. There's many reasons to live for it. Come we on, we can change the format of the episode if you want. You can be more part of the team. Well, what's right, Scott? Don't worry. Yeah, man, we're here for you. <laughs> anyways, anyways, the <laughs> just the idea that you know a thousand years in the future, the the mystique on life and death is kind of worn thin. And there's just this line of people that have just decided to call it quits. Yep. And there's a whole industry, cottage industry out of it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I appreciate the, the sprinkling of dark humor that Futurama has throughout its run. Mm-hmm. And it goes uh, on, they're, they're uh, Bender and Fry are at a, uh, it's a revolving restaurant, right? Is it that one? No, they're just at a regular diner, I think, on this It's one. like at a bar. Yeah. It's like oh, it's a, so it's like an Irish bar, but it's like O's a grab with That's right. It's just still got the O and the apostrophe in the front of it. Yeah. So Bender, what do you do? I'm a Bender. I bend girders. Oh man, were you any good? Oh, tell me about it. I could bend a girder to thirty degrees, thirty-two degrees, thirty-one. <laughs> it's like, why'd you want to kill yourself? Well, I couldn't go on living when I found out what the girders were for. Suicide booths. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that still kills me. Then they become fast friends after that. With booze and hookers. That's the second episode, when they're on the moon. Spoilers. I love that, though. Matter of fact, <laughs> we're good friends. Yeah. <laughs> forget the... Yeah, forget I'll the I'll start my own park with booze and hookers. <laughs> Uh, forget the park. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So now the, both of these guys, they're on the run from Leela. And um, they're stuck in a cellar. And there's a grate. And it's like, we can get out of here if you can just bend this grate. He's like, what do I look like, a D-bender? Would you, if you were programmed to jump off a bridge, would you do it? I'd have to check my programming. Yes. <laughs> You're full of crap, Fry. Yeah. Then he hits a light bulb and gets high. <laughs> you make a persuasive argument, Fry. And he bends. He bends the grate. So, so, so before that, though, they so they go into the museum, and oh yeah, the head museum. And, That's what and my, my favorite running gags throughout the entire thing is the the famous people who just reduced to heads and jars. <laughs> but otherwise they like talk and act normally. They just have no bodies. 
And you can hey. start off start off with Leonard Nimoy. Uh, Nimoy. Leonard, <laughs> Leonard Nimoy cameo, which is an appropriate way to start off a sci-fi show. Again. Yeah. Hey, Spock, do the thing. <laughs> He's just a head. Ah, <laughs> oh, Fry, you idiot. It's like, oh, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> now just impart wisdom to those that come for it and live a quiet life, quiet dignity. <laughs> and the caretaker comes by and dumps what's effectively like fish food. Yeah, like, eating time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, the Nixon gag. <laughs> That's Nixon. Yeah. Nixon with charisma? My God. <laughs> <laughs> Good old heads. So yeah, so they, they bend the girder in the trap room with Lee and the police after them after the lightsaber gag. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I love that gag. He's just a kid from the stupid ages. <laughs> and keep your big nose out of this eyeball. No one makes fun of my nose, <laughs> says Leela. You guys saw the episode. You talked yeah, about so they, it. So they, so they escape... They get to the crate, <laughs> and Bender, with his newfound bending powers, <laughs> says, oh, I guess somebody's going to have to bend this crate. Yeah. <laughs> he starts splicing, basically, and Fry just lifts it up, because it's just a dumb little crate. <laughs> He's disappointed. Yeah, he just opens it. They, they they climb down, and like at the last second, Bender reaches up and just bends the bars on it for no reason. <laughs> and then they wind up underground to the ruins of old New York. Yeah, the lab must have gotten moved then, during the thousand years. Or else it would have been down there in old New York. Yeah, I don't try to understand it too much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey. Continuity, man. Futurama. And then... He meets his nephew. And uh, Leela catches up with him. And then they have a moment. And it turns out Leela doesn't like her job. And she digs out <laughs> her chip from inside of her hand. She didn't make it... it... Sorry, go ahead. She didn't... It doesn't seem that painful when she digs it out, but, I mean, it's implanted under her skin, right? It's just, just basically drive a spike into it to get down. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, her, her and Fry have a moment, and she takes his hand, and then Bender comes over and puts his hand over theirs. And, Fry, <laughs> and one of the few times Fry calls him out for being weird. Yeah. Like, it's, like, just about the last time he does. Yeah. Um, it's like, what do you think you're doing? Yeah. What's the it's matter like, oh, with you? They, put, they pull their hands out, and her ring's missing, because <laughs> Bender's a kleptomaniac, as you'll find later. Mm-hmm. This <laughs> calls for a drink. She says, give it back, and Bender says, now we solve the mystery of the missing ring. <laughs> yeah. And then the drink gag. This calls for a drink, and he pulls out three beers, and then he chugs all three of them by himself. <laughs> Why does a robot need to drink? I can quit where I want to. That's not a joke they gave up. It's only a few episodes later where they find out he actually needs alcohol to function. Yeah. It's like fuel. Just no, like Jeff. You, you won't do anything stupid huh. without some sort of drink in your in your system. You're stinking sober. Yeah. <laughs> You're stone cold sober. He's got rust all over his, <laughs> his mouth. <laughs> uh, just like stubble. Gold. So yeah, they have a moment, and then they make a run for it because the cops are after him. Oh, no, it's before the cops get after him. They 
they go and visit Farnsworth. Although I, or, uh, I am already in my pajamas. Yeah. I'm glad they gave up on that joke. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't that strong. Yeah, they did in the second episode. I don't think that was it. Mm-hmm. Love his he's like a lot news, of everyone. Yeah. yeah, he's a lot more, like, doddering in the first, like, handful of episodes. Where he's, he talks really slow and he moves a lot slower. And... <laughs> Can we have some money? Oh, my, no. <laughs> yeah. Here's my drawer of wire. <laughs> yeah, here's my office, and here's my laboratory, and here's the drawer where I keep my assorted lengths of wire, and here's my intergalactic spaceship. <laughs> Come look at my wire, which I used to build the spaceship. Yeah. And then the cops show up at the door. Come out with your hands up. We have you partially surrounded. This is one of Bender's greatest moments where he dro- literally drops a brick. <laughs> <laughs> We're boned. Mm-hmm. And then they take off in the spaceship, and they get new chips from Professor Farnsworth, and Fry ends up being a delivery boy. <laughs> the end. So the first episode ding, does dong, ding, dong, ding. <laughs> does really a job of setting up the main three characters. Mm-hmm. They pretty much know all you really need to know about them from that point forward. Although, like, they get a lot more backstory as things go along. Uh, you get and you get Farnsworth, who's kind of the Lynch plot pin for a lot of the episodes. So, who's your favorite character? Bender, because he's Mexican. <laughs> Uh, it's it's kind of be Zoidberg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old Zoidberg. Quote, I only got a quote fest here. <laughs> he definitely has my favorite lines. You still have Zoidberg. <laughs> you all still have Zoidberg. <laughs> the music's not in your hands. It's in your heart, Fry. <laughs> your music's bad, and you should feel bad. <laughs> Uh, he's good. I think Bender's still my favorite. Is is it the first episode or the second episode where he go he, he goes to see Zoidberg and it's the second episode. Okay. And he tells him to open his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're, not no, that one. Your other mouth. <laughs> I've only got one mouth. Really? <laughs> is there a human doctor around? I know plenty listen here, Missy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Young lady, I'm an expert on humans. <laughs> <laughs> and you get to meet uh, Amy Wong from the Family Wongs. Yes. Does she still do? She doesn't. She only did the falling down gag. Uh, she's total klutz. Right? Yeah, she's a klutz like throughout the series. That's kind of her thing. But in every episode, she's like, at least in the first season, she would slip on something and fall. Mm. I did like the joke they did about how rich she was. I think yeah. it's Lee how what, What's the name of her sorority? Yeah, we're not that rich. Oh, yeah? What sorority did you go to? <laughs> Kappa Kappa Wong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Why do you don't give us grandchild? <laughs> <laughs> uh, her parents might be my second favorite character. Both of them put together. Yeah, so why I, isn't so my I, boyfriend? Then why isn't he here right now fathering our grandchild? <laughs> Oh man! So I can say when I went, I watched. 
probably the first two seasons religiously, but then like not repeats. Not like with The Simpsons, where I watched them over and over again. Then I would I kind of stopped, and then was off and on. And then when it came back in, I was into it. Um, so after I watched the first episode the other day, I was like, "Oh, where's where's the whalers on the moon one?" And I thought it was like way far into it, and then I. <laughs> Second episode, like yeah. crap. Yeah. That's that's such a fucking great joke. <laughs> the whole this is how this is how our fungineers think it started. Yeah. One of these days, Alice, to the yeah. moon. <laughs> that's not how it started. I don't see you with a fungineering degree. That's just, just a metaphor for him beating his wife. Yeah. <laughs> We're wheelers on the moon. The Monsanto Corporation. And then the the questionator joke or the the farmer's daughter joke. Don't be touching any of my beautiful robot daughters. <laughs> Pender, you didn't touch questionator, did you? What are you kidding? A woman that fine, you got a romance for it. Yeah. Thing <laughs> <laughs> that introduces his daughters like Sally May and Ellie May. He's like the first one comes out and goes you. Yeah. The second one comes out and goes you. And the Crushinator 2000. <laughs> you. you. <laughs> uh, it's after nightfall, it drops below zero. Celsius or Fahrenheit? First one, then the other. Oh, yeah, they made that guy. He's like got normal teeth, but he's just got like the one fucked up, like, hillbilly <laughs> tooth, like, way out in front. Yeah. And that there was some kind of rebel, <laughs> uh, like, resistance or whatever that took place on the moon at some point. Yeah, he's. he's Got like all the Confederate stuff. Yeah, he's a moon Confederate or something. <laughs> Is there any way we can borrow some oxygen? Barry, listen here, Missy. Oxygen don't grow on trees. <laughs> oh, I love that joke so much. <laughs> so you by the second episode, I think the the jokes are coming a lot faster. Funny. Mm-hmm. Yep. So how many episodes? How many seasons were there before that stopped and then started again? So there were the same the four, there were four seasons. <laughs> four got cut off. Yeah, four seasons. Okay. Four, and then how, how many more? Just two after that? I think it did two, three movies? Two movies. Three. I think it was three movies, and then... Three movies. Oh, I don't know there were movies. Yeah, they kind of bridged the gap between the last season and then the first one on Netflix. Or on Cartoon Network. Yeah, Cartoon Network. And there was two there, or three there? There's at least three, I think. Yeah, they got. They basically did everything they wanted to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. They came. Uh, I don't think it was ever for me. It was never as good. It was still very funny though, because I think by the fourth episode or the fourth episode, the fourth season, that's when it was really peaking. Just too bad, but mm-hmm. we'll talk talk about some of those episodes another day. But like the I'm walking on sunshine. Yeah, Oh man, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park episode, the uh, mm-hmm. uh, time keeps on slipping episode with the Globetrotters. Fucking <laughs> oh, classic. gold. The Bubblegum Tate. <laughs> Get that razzmatazz algebra. <laughs> <laughs> Word. <laughs> the the snooze new episode. <laughs> Have good fundamentals, but no can dunk. <laughs> Did you remind them about the fundamentals? <laughs> yeah. I think on and on, but yeah. It, and then the yeah, the very last episode is really good. 
I don't think I saw it. I know I didn't see it. It's another one with the robot devil in it. That's the one at the... Uh, before they went to Cartoon Network, the one at the opera? That was the very, yeah, was the very last one they aired mm-hmm. on television. I thought that was, yeah, that was a good ending for the series if it didn't continue. Yeah, I thought that yeah, really was a good way to end it as far as not really knowing, you know, that they wouldn't be coming back. Or maybe they did at that point, I don't know. But I think my number one episode, just straight for comedy, was the uh, the Worms in the Sandwich episode. That's, that one's pretty strong. <laughs> I love that one so much. It's <laughs> parasitic worms in an egg salad sandwich that he got from a truck stop. But it, there's <laughs> there's no downside to the worms. It's all yeah. positives. <laughs> and I, he still I, kicks them out of his body. I always like the, the one guy that seems to have a million jobs. But he's always like the schlub union worker. Like the super lazy yeah. like slob. <laughs> he always talks like this. What's I learned my lessons that I won't soon forget. <laughs> yeah. That's S's to everything. <laughs> Gold. If I wasn't so lazy, I'd punch you in the nose right now. But you're lazy, right? Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> well, that's like episode two, right? Yeah. <laughs> he starts talking about how lazy he is. All right. Oh, anything so else? Gold. I love you, Go watch it, people. It's on all. Everything is on Netflix. On Netflix, yes. A Futurama. Yes. All right. It's time for Neom News. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. All right. So it's been a while since we've been. Uh, one of these. A lot of people died. Uh, rough start to uh, 2016, man. Fucking depressing as shit. Yeah. I guess the big ones, you know, for us. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we got to start. Yeah. Alan Rickman. Uh, of Hans Shot First fame. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So, obviously, you know, Die Hard. Um, I bet Harry he's Potter. still alive on a beach, earning 20%. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, I mean, there's tons of stuff that, he, you know, everyone knows, like I said. Harry Potter, Die Hard, uh, Robin Hood. Um, they're all good. Like, I remember him, for me, one of the bigger moments was in Dogma. <laughs> I really liked him in that. He didn't have a penis. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the thing, I don't think he was, like, ever in bad in anything. Yeah. Love well, actually, he was great. He was made yeah, up. he was good in everything, but, like, the performances I really remember, like, Galaxy Quest. <laughs> yeah. I, I think... As a kid, my I always liked the, uh, the sheriff of Nottingham. I'm gonna cut your heart out with a spoon. Yeah. Why a spoon? Cause it'll hurt more, you twit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Galaxy Quest is great. And then Hans Gruber, top ten villains of all time. Sure. Seriously. Yeah. And, and it started a trend. I don't know. Well, I don't know if it started a trend, but. It's the first movie I ever really remember watching where the the villain, well, maybe outside of Star Wars, but the villain was more interesting than the heroes. If you watch Die Hard, Hans Gruber is a much more interesting character than McLean. He's just not doing all this badass stuff that McLean is throughout the whole thing. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, he flips up. Clay. Bill. Clay. 
I think the thing that it kicked off him, him being interesting and just being intelligent. He wasn't just a muscle-bound bad guy. He was yeah, he was just very like kind of unflappable and smug, and he was, was likable even though he was a dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he was, <laughs> I like the way he was European style, sitting cross-legged, eating just hors d'oeuvres. Uh, Mr. Takagi won't be joining us for the rest of his life. <laughs> he scarfs down <laughs> another hors d'oeuvre. Ah, oh, gold. Don't worry, Theo. It's Christmas. It's the time of miracles. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. But yeah, um, the last movie I think I saw him in was that the wine movie. Uh, oh, Bottle Shock? Bottle Shocked, yeah. He was really good in that. Uh, just the classic scene of him driving in you know, the United States in this little crappy pacer pinto and he's barely fitting it. He's just... There's this one shot of him just coming toward the camera and his head's tilted and the steering wheel taking all these cracks. Yeah. And him, just him thinking he's so much better than the Americans. And what's weird is that he's, he's an Englishman who loves French wine and he's better than a... Like, there's no English wine. Like, it just his arrogance of this guy. There's no English anything, like, from culinary... <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he acts, you know, oh, French wine, American, bleh, swill and everything. And he comes here and every time he takes... He has this look on his face like, yeah, okay, whatever. And every time he tastes it, you can tell he's, like, fighting back. Like, this is actually good. <laughs> and, but I can't show it. But obviously. Yeah, that was a, was a good little movie. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Get Chris Pine in a horrible wig, but otherwise, good movie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the woman from the bus? Jessica Jones. Oh, is that who that was? No, Jessica never... Jones. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, man. I just I watched all of Jessica Jones. That's a for a parent. That's a hard watch on some I'm, of the episodes. I'm like seven or eight <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, I had nightmares. But speaking of awesome villains, dude, Kilgrave, badass. That's funny. Yep. I think only Alan Rickman could have done better than uh, <laughs> what's his face, my favorite doctor. Yeah, so it's so a little bit of uh, Rickman trivia. Uh, he started very late in the acting field. He wasn't uh, so he, he had like a like a design firm, uh, like advertising, I think. But he didn't really start acting until like he was in his forties. Uh, There's no free first, yet, like, everybody. Like like big role until he was like forty two. So yeah, it wasn't it, like. He was doing like theater stuff, and then all of a sudden he got cast as Hans Gruber. Um, was he's credited as like some bit parts here, but hmm. but that was his big breakout role, right? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah, Robin Hood. And... So I was listening to uh, Hollywood Babylon and Kevin Smith. They were talking about him, and of course, since he worked with them on Dogma and stuff, he was really emotional, and he was telling these stories about how he was always so nice to him and everything whenever he'd go go to London Rickman would show him around and have dinner and stuff <laughs> and he said this is a hilarious story he's like one day they're walking you know just walking down um, the streets in London and he's like yeah so I've spent so much time in New York I finally decided to get an apartment there oh good 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 he's like yeah um, he's like where are you staying uh, he's at some place I'm staying in the same building as Ray Fiennes he's like oh that's great he's like no it's bloody terrible 
if any of these Potter fans found out we stayed in the same building, they're going to blow <laughs> the shit up. <laughs> Gold. Snape and Voldemort in the same building. Holy fuck. Yeah. Shenanigans. That's a sitcom right there. There's a hilarious bit on Family Guy. I don't know if it's... I, I think it was actually Alan Rickman, but... The, the idea was that Alan Rickman's calling his own phone to leave messages to himself. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, Alan, it's me. <laughs> Don't forget to take the chicken out of the freezer. Don't disappoint me. <laughs> and he calls again. Alan, it's me again. <laughs> Remember to tell that joke about the turtle. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, if you haven't seen those movies we named, watch them. Um, that's all I can recommend. Just remember, the guy was awesome, um, and we should we should as a as a podcast here do more of his movies maybe over the next little bit. I'll, I'll pick Dogma or something. Cool, I'm in. All right, uh, well, who else do we want to pick from? We got Jeez. lost. Uh, David Bowie. I guess yeah. Since we've done Labyrinth and we've talked about the Bowie Bulge. Oh, God. Boy, uh, that's just as bad as Rickman. Not yes. I know, man. Uh, just so I mean, I'm I'm sure even someone like me who like music's never been a huge part of my life, but you know, they, there's songs that that I really connected with, and definitely a lot of Bowie stuff. China Girl, uh, <laughs> not China Girl. Oh. But the first thing I really remember him from is, of course, Labyrinth. So I always thought of him more first as an actor and a musician, at least as a kid. Yeah, I, I, I was taken aback when I, <laughs> I found out as a youth that I was like, wait, <laughs> he does amazing music. <laughs> That's him with Freddie Mercury? No way. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of, I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch Labyrinth so much later in life, so I, I knew him as a singer and everything, but just the, the different, I was never, like, I could say, consider myself a, a bandwagon Bowie fan. I know all his hits, but I don't really, you know, know his deep hits or anything like deep cuts. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot, I, yeah, I celebrate his old catalog, but, <laughs> 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 but no, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I couldn't tell you a lot of, about a lot of his earlier stuff, but you know, just basically all the middle stuff, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always have Bowie on my iPod or iPhone or whatever. Yeah. Love the guy. And people were saying the thing he always changed. If you go through and listen to his st- early stuff, it's always different. There's like no, it's like he didn't get pigeonholed anywhere. I guess that's just one of the things that came up a lot when people were talking about him, uh, like the radio and TV and things like that. Uh, that a lot of people kind of owe him kind of being able to set that trend like the Madonnas and the Lady Gagas that that you can go up there and it can be about you know entertaining I mean he happened to be a great musician to go along with it uh, but you know he wasn't afraid to, to just change things up he always wanted to be on the cutting edge as it were yeah mm-hmm. and from uh, what I hear another great guy Ralph uh Ralph Garman from K-Rock told this uh, little-known story that uh, there was, like, this dumpy dive bar that was playing, and there was a jazz band that was about to go on, 
and uh, David Bowie just, you know, just happens to be there. He wants to go grab a beer or something, and he lets himself backstage to see how the band is doing to let him know, hey, you know, you g- when are you guys going on? And one of the, uh, I guess, I think it was like the trombone pa- player that Ralph said, didn't know who David Bowie was, and he's like screaming at him going, they told us that there was going to be Red Stripe here for us. I don't know what's going on, what kind of cut-rate bar you're running, but there's no Red Stripe anywhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> David Bowie, I guess, just ducks out real quick, and all his bandmates are screaming at him, don't you know who that was? That was David freaking Bowie. <laughs> oh my gosh, they're berating him. And then, like, a few minutes later, David Bowie comes back with just a bucket full of ice and Red Stripe for everybody. <laughs> Yeah, that, uh, Class act. I mean, Jeff was the one that, that actually brought this to my attention, so maybe I'll let him talk about the uh, the extras thing. Oh, yeah, well, um, <laughs> when the ex- on the show Extras, he, uh, Ricky Gervais always met some English celebrity or whatever. And they're what, uh, I, was I have eight. Huh? <laughs> that wasn't... Uh, that wasn't Liam ne- I know, it was Liam Neeson, but I have eight. Oh, that was, yeah. That was, like that was a different days. show, too. <laughs> um, what? Anyway, that wasn't... Oh, okay. My uh, bad. That's the one with uh, Willow. Right. Um, no, just, anyway, just, yeah, there's an episode where David Bowie's in it, and this is when Ricky Gervais is a VIP, and he's sitting on the other side of the rope, and he, he starts telling his sad story to, to David Bowie. And he knows it's David Bowie, and he thinks David Bowie's like, going to give him some good advice. And, you know, he just turns into a song making fun of him. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's fucking great. Like, the, all of a sudden you can see, like, David Bowie's eyes light up. Like, he's got this inspiration for this new song. <laughs> and, of course, it's the piano right behind him. Yeah. <laughs> Jumps on the piano, starts singing the words, and the whole bar starts singing the words. A stupid little fat man. or <laughs> Blew his stupid brains out. <laughs> Like the woman behind him was like, no, no, the twat probably missed. And he suppose, oh yeah, I like that. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like it took like a moment in any other movie when the celebrity would be there that they would confide in him and tell, sing a song about how he's going to get better and everything. And then, nope, <laughs> this rips off. It's, it's fucking cold. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I, I, I envy the. I mean, shit. Cancer's always a shitty way to die. Uh, envy the way that he kind of went on his own terms, though. Like nobody knew about it. He was able to get that last album out, mm-hmm. a couple of music videos. Yeah. Not a lot, you know. No fanfare on the way out. <laughs> there is no. I have cancer. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where you're going with that, but. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so we also lost Lemmy. Yeah, good night. Jesus Christ. I know, man. Uh, Legends. Mm-hmm. How's this mole doing? It, it's, it'll live on, Alex. If you, <laughs> if you, if you remember it, it'll live on. So not much to say here. I mean, I think we're all, we're not like major Motorhead fans, but we all like him. And, uh... Hey, it's yeah, so I think we all had one moment that we can share. On music. Yeah. Huh? I was saying he was he had a huge influence on music. Oh yeah. So I was just gonna share our one Lemmy moment where uh, 
not really a Lemmy moment, but we're all, we were on a ghost tour bus. I guess is the best <laughs> guided, guided by Phantom. Guided by Phantom, yes. And so, yeah, there is the tour guide. He's talking, and he's telling the story about some lady who, some uh, palm reader card thing. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, out of nowhere. And he goes, and guess which card she pulled from the deck? <laughs> and everyone in our group. There was no mention of Lemmy or Motor. Yeah, it was just <laughs> automatic <laughs> knee-jerk. Just goes, Ace of Spades! Spades! <laughs> and he looks up at us and he's like, no. <laughs> uh, good old Phantom. But why we all said it, I mean, literally, like, everybody <laughs> in our group, Ace of Spades! <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys have seen that documentary that was on him that came out a few years ago. It's really good. Like, you see him just his life now, and him just he's living in the same shitty apartment in L.A. that he's lived in forever, and it's a shitty apartment. It's so tiny, just full of crap, and you know his records and trophies and everything, and he just lives the same. And yeah, and he did. Every drug manageable except heroin. The guy, the guy was, the guy was the personification of rock and roll. <laughs> More drugs. But than he just said, "I'll do. I've done. I do meth. I do this. Just don't do heroin." Everyone I know who's ever done heroin has died, and so that was like the one thing he stayed away from. <laughs> but everything else. Was <laughs> That's good advice for you kids. Don't yeah. do heroin. Anything else is fine. Angel dust, cocaine. Yeah, and I think. I think I've heard the second hand, but it was like he was uh, David Grohl was talking about the first time you met him, and him and uh, one of the other guys from Foo Fighters was sitting down with Lemmy at a bar, and out of nowhere he just pulls this bottle of Jack Daniels out and passes it on to to Grohl, and he like okay cool I guess this is how we're gonna do it just pass this bottle around and then he hands it over to his buddy and he turns around and there's another bottle of Jack Daniels coming out. Hands- <laughs> And so, no, his idea with Party was each one of them just sat there and drank a bottle of drink. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This guy is metal. <laughs> the guy is fucking metal. Jesus, H. <laughs> Man. Uh. <coughs> Sorry, I tried to cough. But... <laughs> Jesus. All, all the Motorhead stuff. He did. Uh... He wrote some songs for Sabbath. I don't think that's really common knowledge amongst oh, know general music fans. Anyway. Yeah. Not that I am an expert on metal, but yeah, I wrote some of those. So like, uh, Mama, I'm coming home. Yeah, but yeah. Good song. He was mentioned in Airheads. He was. <laughs> Trick question with the Jimmy's. Uh, he did. Let me did inspire. I've brought this up before, but the the best name I've ever heard or seen for a cover band. So there was a Motorhead cover band, and it was called Lemmy's Wart. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. Well, special guest Matt dressed up as Lemmy one year for a rock party we had, and he blew <laughs> so a Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> By the end of the night, that thing was so nasty. <laughs> Gold. And then who else? Yeah. We lost Glenn Fry. Yep. This just happened. The most recent one. Really uh, hate the fucking Eagles, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big Eagles fan, but still, not 
It's, uh... Yeah, another oh, influential guy. Oh, he's he, he's put out some shit, but <laughs> but yeah, some really great stuff too. Like, yeah, I'm not an Eagles fan, but I mean, there, there are some really good songs that he is responsible for directly. He's he's the one that was always on the Drew Carey show, right? He was really fr- good friends with Drew Carey. Is that that guy? No idea. Uh, uh, I don't know. Job for your cornhole, bud. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I just know he did the, the Heat Is On song, right, from Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, that's that was one of the shitty songs I was talking about. <laughs> no, what, shitty? What are you talking about? Eighties classic. If you think that shit, then you got to think everything that um, Kenny Loggins did was shit. Oh yeah, but I love it. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't love it. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't have too much to say about Glenn Frey other than I don't like the Eagles, but I understand no. <laughs> that people do. It wasn't him. All right, did I miss anybody? Uh, I keep forgetting his name from. That did the voice for Robin Hood. Oh yeah, I just uh, found that one out. Yeah, yeah. For the Robin Hood Disney movie, the guy that uh, voiced Robin Hood. He uh, yeah, he passed away. Also, that strikes a chord. So, yeah, yeah. He just brought so much warmth to that Robin Hood character, and a lot of like, <laughs> just loads of charm. It made him like. You, you would forget that it was just an anthropomorphic fox running around the forest with a giant bear. Yeah. Oh, just to back up real quick here. It, it's worth mentioning that uh, Lemmy had a fucking awesome last name. Bruce. No, that's Lemmy, Lemmy oh. Bruce. Oh. Lemmy. Lemmy Killmeister. <laughs> that's got to be made up. Probably, but it's still rad. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty awesome. All right, um, yeah, we lost a lot of people, but you know what? They left a lot, and so you can go go listen to your David Bowie, go watch Die Hard, go watch Dogma, go listen to your Eagles, man. And, oh yeah, uh, and the Square Enix is offering a Omicron video game for free. That's a video game starring David Bowie. Omicron Eight. No, just Omicron, the Nomad uh, Soul. Free of charge. Alright, um, as far as other stuff, um, I saw a couple movies I rented. I rented, um, I saw The Martian, finally. And that, that was pretty good. The, the, the part about that that was weird was I was they started playing, like, Starman on there. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. And then, um... So I like that movie, and then that one. Blah, 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 blah. Serpico? I keep wanting to say syrup. Sicario. Sicario. Hey, it's me, Sicario. Took a potato. Sicario, why you not come around? We cook a dinner for you every Monday. Have you guys seen that yet? No, I have not. Yeah, it's pretty freaking intense, man. Like, imagine the. I don't know if you, you guys watch Breaking Bad, right? Some of those in border drug. Crossing dispute stuff, man, this shit's fucked up. And uh, but yeah, yeah um, I thought she was good. Um, Emily Blunt and uh, Benicio del Toro was awesome. So good stuff. I recommend both those movies. I don't remember being in that movie. 
You're too busy training for your next time on May fight. That's true. <laughs> That's it for me. Alex? Uh, yeah, I actually saw uh, Netflix original The Ridiculous Six. How was it? It was surprisingly good. It captures a lot of that old Happy Madison shenanigans. Right, well, was it, okay. Was it surprisingly good or surprisingly not bad? It was surprisingly good. I laughed a lot. Mm. They had some really good jokes. Like Every time... So I've seen a few commercials for it, or trailers or whatever, and every time I see Taylor Lautner, I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> hey, this is arguably his best... The best film It might be. It's, it's very possible. <laughs> but, oh, man. He's actually... <laughs> he's got a lot of funny moments. So, I didn't Just, even know that was him. To be honest, until I had to look him up. Who's this guy? Who's Taylor Lautner? Exactly. So, he's some dude from the Twilight movies. Oh. But anyways, yeah. It's a good watch. I recommend. Four stars out of five in my book. I mean, if Sandler would have gone from the Zohan to this movie, it would have been, like, uh, a nice step up. I wonder if this was, like, Maybe because he heard about the hateful aid. <laughs> Probably. It's got Terry Crews in it though, so I'm willing to give it a chance. I love and Luke Taylor Wilson Cruz. and freaking eh. uh, what's his name? The Wolf, uh, Harvey Keitel, and Nick Nolte. <laughs> Man, I think he actually has gravel that it has replaced his. But by now, Jeebus <laughs> H. Nick Nolte. He needs subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much have to turn subtitles on everything I watch now. I think I'm going deaf. <laughs> oh, Jeff. Yeah, I watched. I told you I watched uh, The Kingsman. Holy shit. <laughs> The one American dude spoke with the list. I couldn't understand anything. <laughs> Mark so Hamill? we've all seen Kingsman now, right? I have. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's just do an episode on it. Okay. okay. I just want to say it has a scene in there. It's all-time classic. Yes. The butthole scene? Not the butthole scene. Oh. Completely random butthole scene, no. <laughs> Talking about the, uh, yeah, we'll talk about it some time. Mm-hmm. People, people in the know know what we're talking about, though. Yeah. Um. All right. Anything else, Alex? Nope. Go all watch right, Ridiculous Six. It's on Netflix. Okay, I won't. But go out, Alex Scott. <laughs> uh, a couple quick things. I saw Limitless, like two years after the fact. Uh, How'd you like that? I caught the last okay. half. Yeah. It. It started off kind of like a Wolf of Wall Street thing, and I was into it. I'm like, okay, he's going to be super smart, and he's going to go do interesting things and be interesting. And then, nope, all of a sudden, he's like, oh, I'm going to go do math on Wall Street. I'm like, oh, well, I don't care anymore. <laughs> and then it just kind of puttered the West way through. So this was okay. Yeah. I can't yeah. say that I recommend it. And then they made a TV show out of it. That's another one of those... Oh, he's a detective. 
that works with the police, but he's not actually a cop. But he's super smart, but he's also highly abrasive. You know, there's like, really? There's like 15 of those shows now. They're like Castle and uh, Bones. And... It's basically people that are kind of a little aspy. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, Limitless. Uh, there's a new Pee-wee's... Uh, a new Pee-wee movie on the way. Uh, I think somebody might have mentioned this before, but... Hmm. Uh, Pee-wee's Big Holiday. It's coming out in a couple months now, I think. In oh. March or April? I didn't know. Yeah, that'll be out on Netflix. Nice. Uh, so yep. for all the Pee-wee Herman fans, uh, there's that. And then finally, the uh, the Oscar nominations came out. And I really don't have a dog in any of these fights. Uh, other than I think it would be rad if uh, 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 George Miller won for uh, best picture, best director. Yeah, I think not only would it be cool just as like a, a movie lover, but uh, just because I think it, he deserves it. Like I, <laughs> that movie was insane. Uh, there was some, there was some amazing directing going on there, so I'm okay with it. And I kind of don't want, I, although I haven't seen it, I don't want the guy that directed The Revenant to win Inaratu, even though he's the only non-white guy <laughs> that's yeah. nominated for anything. Um, just because he's kind of an asshole. The one that came out of left field for me was Adam McKay. I was like, wait, the Will Ferrell guy? Yeah. <laughs> Try some scene. Yeah, the big short. I was like, wow, I had I no idea. I wanted to see that just because all the pedigree behind it. Although it seemed like total Oscar bait. Uh, but yeah, The Revenant looks cool, but that, that Inaratu guy is kind of kind of full of himself. Yeah. But, uh... We've got the same name! <laughs> what about, uh, Sly? I looked at Andrew. So I haven't seen Creed, but by all accounts, he at least deserves the nomination for that. Yeah, he was good. I saw it. He was good in it. Yeah, so no one's no one's complaining about him. Uh, yeah, it would be cool to see him, like, kind of come full circle on that whole thing. Uh, but yeah, I do. I do want to see Creed. Uh, and then yeah, I was a bunch of stuff was nominated that I did not see, unfortunately. Um, like Jeff, you not mentioned see. Sicario, which I uh, something I, I was saw interested it. in. Yeah, Sicario, Bridge of Spies. I wanted to see. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I have not a lot of interest in a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, again, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of white people. <laughs> yeah, they did for everything, for all of the things, I- including straight out of Compton. <laughs> got, the, the writers got nominated, which is two white guys. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were gonna say pig vomit got nominated. <laughs> no, he looked. It looked like the worst part of all those trailers, by the way. Although I've heard they the left worst some parts. part of everything. <laughs> I heard they left out. I like Giovanni, although he can be terrible. No, his characters are what I'm saying. They're always yeah, they're always the worst. Uh, well, I, I hear they they left out some of the the real life stuff out of Straight Outta Compton, like like one of the founding members. <laughs> it's not in the movie. Uh, they left out the part where like Dr. Dre and his spousal abuse. Or domestic abuse. Uh, so it's not all 
Not completely true, but still. That, that was another one I wanted to see. So somewhat out of Compton? Even like a super white guy, like that music kind of had uh, an influence on my childhood. Pop culture, anyways. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Oscar noms. So I think I just remembered. Oh, sorry, you done or no? Yeah, I'm done. I remember just this was cracked me up. They were talking about. I guess they're going to make another Robin Hood movie, and they're naming the cast. And um, they're saying Jamie Fox is going to play Little John. And I think Ralph Garman is like, "Oh, come on!" In that time and era, there would no, there'd be no way it was black guy. If you're going to do that, why don't you just go all the way and actually hire a Little John to play Little John? <laughs> <laughs> is there anybody over there? What? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, that just oh, me up. So, uh, speaking of Robin Hood, apparently there's like four different Robin Hood movies in the works right now. Yeah. And which means that at least two of them are probably going to get made. Is and Russell Crowe in one of them? They, they both have to be terrible because they're going to have to rush now to peep the other one out. Mm-hmm. It's like when he had the Hercules movies come out a couple years ago. <laughs> Chivas. Yeah, the Rock one is kind of bad. Or the or the back to back Steve Jobs movies. Well, there's like multiple Peter Pan movies too, right? It's like God damn. Yeah. I heard that that latest Peter Pan was a god awful, which is too bad. Yeah. It's a great property. Yeah, and then the other thing, uh, did you guys see the new trailer for Suicide Squad that just came hey, out yesterday? Have not have not seen it also. So. Check it out. It's. I mean, I know some of you guys don't like spoilers, but I don't know. It's, yeah, whatever. I'll probably watch it. Um, pretty cool. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> oh yeah. Speaking of uh, villains as main characters, the <laughs> there's a lady out there petitioning for a uh, PG-13 Deadpool version of the movie so that her eight-year-old son can see it. Oh, and quote-unquote Deadpool replies on his Twitter. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> what? Has, so she's let him read the comics, but it's okay. That's okay, but the movies. Oh, rated it out. No, it's got to be PG-13 for your eight-year-old son. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. But Deadpool's response is classic okay. and very appropriate. <laughs> Oh, I did. I did see a trailer for the or teaser for the Fuller House. Oh, Jeebus H! It's it looks exactly like you think it would. Cut it out, Scott. Amazingly, all those people are still alive. Have mercy. <laughs> um, what else do they say on that stupid show? How rude! How, How rude! Ju- Jody Sweeten gets to come back. So who's confirmed for that show? Everybody? Everybody. I think everybody. Shit. Including Even Danny Taylor? Is he going to drop his F-bombs and shit on there? Danny Tanner, you mean? Whatever. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I don't care. Close enough. (laughs) Well, no. Taylor's, that's that's, uh, home improvement. Yeah, man. Let's not mix our... That's Tim Taylor. Yeah. Talking about Uh, jokes get dropped after they stop working. (laughs) I still remember that on uh, Home Improvement, 
He does it. The audience laughs. The next episode, he does it. By the, th- by the fourth one with the whole, how do you spell that joke? There's just like crickets. <laughs> that was the last time they ever did it. And then he ran over Wilson with the lawnmower, and he goes, back to jail for me. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of fucked up. <laughs> All right. At rounds of this episode, what are we talking about next week, Scott? Okay. So uh, I saw a little movie recently. Again, hadn't seen it in a while. And speaking of Sliced Alone. Limitless. I think it's time we talked about a trucker slash arm wrestling. Oh, hell yeah. Over the top. It's my jam. All right. Sounds good. It works, too. Thanks for listening, everybody. Jaime Sábado Gigante. Gigante, indeed. With uh, Cam Caliente. Ay, ay, ay.